today I want to talk about fear. Fear is one of those things that shows up like a big ugly monster when you're going through something like a divorce. It shows up when you're going through difficult things in life, when you're doing something you've never done before. And for most of us, when we go through our divorce, it's the first time and hopefully the only time. So let's talk about fear and how it shows up, how it stops you from moving forward, how it really is something that we need to overcome so we can get on with our lives and get on with healing and feeling good again and not to mention get through the divorce in one piece. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and a stepmom to three. So we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. Fear shows up in a huge way when we're going through big and challenging life changes. It These could be things like moving for example maybe when you were a kid you remember starting at a new school or moving to a different town or um, maybe later in life starting a new job you know these big changes are scary and going through a divorce is a big life change there's a lot of things to consider um, and so fear kicks in you know fear of the unknown fear of not being good enough fear of not having having enough fear of judgment fear of rejection fear of not being seen of being seen fear of failure fear of imperfection fear of abandonment fear of quitting fear of death fear of change fear of vulnerability fear of being alone and fear of missing out FOMO we all have a little bit of that right so anyway that That was just like a long, obviously a long list of some fears that I wrote down, but there are so many more fears that you could possibly feel um, affected by in life. And today I want to help you understand how fear shows up in our lives and why, and also give you some tips on how to release it. You know me, I'm always going to give you that list of things to do, right? So let's um, kind of dive in here with some understanding first. You know, as a spiritual and intuitive guide and life coach, I've worked with many different clients who have a wide range of fears that come from a wide range of sources. And these fears influence how they experience their life. It uh, influences their decisions, what the choices that they make. And I know in my own life journey that fear of judgment and fear of abandonment have been the two major fears that impact me and and how I show up um, in life in general. So fear... Um, to kind of explain what it is, is a state of mind that triggers a deep-seated belief in us that has been programmed around how you view yourself 
or life as a whole or both. Um, when someone has a fear, it's not easy to change how we feel about that thing. You know, if you're afraid of something, it's it's difficult to stop being afraid of that. Um, because subconsciously, and this we all do this, subconsciously, we carry beliefs that support the fear. Um, we carry beliefs subconsciously that make us think that our fear is 100% fact-based. It's true. It's the way it is. Your body has been programmed to believe this. And in fact, to believe something that isn't actually true. You know, when I uh, teach my courses to my clients and I bring up fear very early on because I want to identify it so we can get get it out of the way or we can know that it's there and what it looks like so we don't let it stop them as they're trying to create the life that they want, the healing that they desire, you know, the peace, whatever it is. And I would have them write down what these blocks were or the fears that were standing in their way or the things that they believed was going to be a problem if they wanted to try to reach whatever their goal was or their dream. And then they would have to prove it to me that this was in fact real. You know, that this is not just a belief, but this is real. And of course, they could never actually prove that because as much as we might believe it in our body and we have the emotions and the feelings that go with this fear, um, that doesn't mean that it's actually based in fact or in reality that this worst case scenario, whatever it is, will happen. So when our mind takes control of how we process our current experience, it often reacts from a survival place. You know, we were given an incredible, um, you know, warning system that lets us know when we are in danger. And this means that, you know, it's basically protection if something or someone is trying to kill you. That's where it came from. You know, the saber-toothed tiger or the dinosaur or whatever. Um, that's where it came from. It, it created this adrenaline and, and you know, this reaction in us that allowed us to get away or defend ourselves or whatever needed to happen. So the fight or flight mechanism, essentially. And this subconscious, this is a subconscious kind of experience or process. Um, so even if you logically know that your situation will not cause imminent death, but your body might still react as though it thinks that that's what that what that is what may happen, and so anxiety rises, the cortisol levels, stress rises. Um, you know, we feel the 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 fear response immediately in our physical body, which makes us believe that whatever the threat is, um, even if it isn't a physical life threat, but it is an emotional threat or simply an emotional change. Our body responds by saying danger, danger, and stops us from moving forward. Let's say you fear have a fear of judgment, kind of like I do. Um, this fear can, for example, be triggered in many different ways. For myself, it's often triggered when I'm talking about like my work, for example, the work that I do here with you, with my family members. They're not spiritual like myself. They're not really familiar um, doing work with coaches. So they don't really understand everything that I do. And I, I believe or feel that they are judging me for how I've chosen to live my life and even judging the validity of my work as a coach. You know, they'll ask questions like, so what is it that you do again? You know, it, it's sort of this, 
what is it? Huh? Like, we don't understand. And so it, it makes me feel judged by them. And that's not necessarily what they're doing, but that's the feeling I get. And when I feel that fear coming forward, my mind starts creating all of these thoughts of unworthiness and they don't believe in me. They think I'm weird. They don't think I'm any good. They don't think I know anything. And this cycle of thoughts creates a repetitive loop that is never ending. My body reacts to these thoughts of fear by saying things like, holy crap, we aren't safe, you know, or, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Or your body thinks, you know, oh my God, we're going to die. This is scary. How can I get through this moment and survive what is happening? So when this happens, our body can react in many different ways. Um, you know, like I said before, your hands might go sweaty, you might feel anxious, overwhelmed. Um, suddenly you notice that you're surrounded by challenges and perhaps all of this causes you to either run because like, and by running, I mean metaphorically, you know, like escape a situation, avoid a decision, um, you know, just get away from a conversation. Um, so you're either running away or you might go into protection mode, like just shut down and stop talking and stop sharing and stop being your authentic self, for example, because of fear of judgment, fear of someone laughing at you or making fun of you, for example. These things are triggered, both the, the true physical fear, if there is such a thing, but in most cases, for most of us, we don't experience that on a regular basis at all, thankfully. But even that emotional fear, um, can it, all of that is triggered by deep, deep fears is what I'm trying to say. So things that have been with us, belief system that has been with us possibly from childhood. Ultimately, when our fear is triggered by an external circumstance, our entire being shifts into survival mode in order to keep us safe. So when we are living from survival mode, we're first of all under a lot of stress. Um, like I said to you earlier, we're not making good decisions um, or we're not even able to make them. I remember when I was going through my divorce, I was so overwhelmed with fear of the unknown, fear around all the different decisions that I had to make every single day. It seemed like my lawyer was asking me for a decision about the house, a decision about parenting plans, like big, important stuff. It was really scary stuff too, because I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know how I was going to work out with the kids. And it felt so scary. I wasn't sleeping. So if somebody phoned me and said, Hey, do you want to go to a movie on Saturday night? I couldn't make a decision. I would just say, you decide and let me know where to show up. Like I couldn't, I couldn't make the simplest decisions. Like, do you want to go? What do you want to see? What do you want to do tomorrow? You know, like, hey, mom, do you want to do this? Like, I couldn't think. I was just so overwhelmed with fear and all these big decisions that I was having to make every day. So the problem is that when your fear is triggered, most likely you are perfectly safe, physically safe, and very often also emotionally safe. This fear lives inside you. This is a fear that your body is telling you that you have. Your ego is pushing it forward, but it isn't necessarily based in reality. You simply feel uncomfortable about the situation. And when we feel uncomfortable, our body perceives it as something is wrong and it raises the fear level to stop you from doing it. Feeling safe and feeling comfortable are not the same. In order to release your fears, you have to retrain your brain to see that when you feel uncomfortable, you are still indeed safe. 
This process helps you to live from creation mode, for example, rather than survival mode. So a little bit more about fear and what it is and how it shows up during a divorce, for example. So divorce is more of an emotional event than a life or death situation. And I understand there are people who are living in terribly violent and dangerous relationships. And that is obviously, I'm not talking about that right now. Um, They are, of course, dealing with a true physical threat. But for our conversation today, we're talking about the emotional fears, the emotional worries that we have and the things that show up in the more typical divorce. So like I said, divorce is more of an emotional event than a life or death situation. So as I've mentioned earlier on, you know, fear arises with a threat of harm, whether it is physical or emotional or psychological or real or imagined. So while traditionally considered a negative emotion, fear actually serves an important role in keeping us safe as it mobilizes us to cope with potential danger. The problem is that we're not in danger. So we're reacting from a fear place, but we're not actually in danger. So we, all the fear responses are unnecessary and they're protecting us possibly or Um, likely from making a decision that is really good for us, making uh, a move or doing something that we need to do in order to feel better. But it feels different and uncomfortable, so we're afraid. So what are some of the things that can cause these fears? Well, fear, I mentioned them in the beginning, fear of abandonment, loss of love, you know, these are specific to divorce now, loss of community and belonging, loss of status, um, fear of not being good enough in for a future relationship, not being lovable, um, of being a bad parent, you know, any number of things. Fear of finances, of course, is a huge one. How will I survive? How will I manage? How are we going to split up this household and be able to, to function financially? Um, another thing that we're often afraid of during a divorce is that we know it's going to hurt. Maybe you're sitting and wondering if this is the right time for you to move forward with the divorce, but you know it's going to be emotionally an incredibly difficult journey. And that scares you. You feel fear around that. So you'd rather not go there. And so you stay and you put up with and you tolerate and you allow your life to start passing you by without making that crucial decision that you need to make. And yes, you'll be uncomfortable, but you will be safe And we all know we need to be a little bit uncomfortable to get to the next place. We're uncomfortable because we're making a change. And freedom lives on the other side of fear. Always remember that. Another thing that we're afraid of is that we will not be able to cope. That we will not, that we'll somehow collapse emotionally. We will just will not be able to get out of bed and go about our day and go to work and take care of our children. We might fear that we'll completely lose our minds, that we just can't deal with not being with this person who maybe we've been with for 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? It's valid. It's a valid fear. It's not, it's not based in reality. It's not actually going to happen. You will be fine. You will cope and you will get out of bed. But it's a valid fear because it's such a big unknown. So fear around not knowing how to do this. I struggle with that 
as well, even when it comes to my work sometimes, or I worry that other people don't think that I know what I'm doing, I guess. Um, but, you know, not knowing how to do this. I've never gotten divorced before. How do I do that? How do I separate? These are questions I get from clients every single day or new members into my Facebook group. You know, I don't even know where to start, which is why I created the separation checklist to really kind of, you know, it's just like a gentle sort of list of like, here, just start somewhere and do one of these things and then do another. And the link is below in the show notes for that. Um, so not knowing how to do it, not knowing how to be on your own, for example, all of those things, again, feel really scary. So where does this belief come from? Well, it comes from old, or sorry, where does this fear come from? It comes from old beliefs, old beliefs that were embedded in us by our parents, most likely possibly by teachers, society as a whole, social media, our friends, people who tell you things like, Divorce is really hard. Divorce is financially devastating. You know, they tell you these things without necessarily being based in fact. They don't necessarily consider the the consequence of staying. And when people start talking about, you know, avoiding divorce and not leaving and not doing that, it's usually because they are afraid for you. They're worried about what will happen to you. So that is their fear coming through. It's not based in reality. It is not based in what's going to happen. Um, It's not even necessarily about you. People are articulating their own fears. We create you know, then we end up creating scenarios that feed the fear. You know, um, we let it control us. We imagine worst case scenarios of what could possibly happen. Uh, and and it supports the fear. It's like, but what if this happens? But what if this happens? Well, it's not going to happen. Uh, one of the exercises that I do with my clients is the 5555. Five, five, five. So I will... Um, Yeah, I'll go through that with you a little later when I get to that part. I'm pretty sure it's on my list. I just have to make sure I remember. Uh, Okay, so now we need to also ask ourselves, what if you're afraid to heal? So, you know, I've talked about like the, you know, the fear of abandonment, the fear of not belonging, the fear of loss of family, fear of grief, status, all of these things that we're losing or that are ending or changing because we're going through divorce and it creates this fear. We all talk about that we want to heal from divorce. In fact, I'm sure that's one of the reasons you're listening to this podcast. You want to feel better. You want to get over this emotional pain. Maybe you want to make a decision, whatever it is, but you want to feel better. You want to heal the pain that's going on in your body, the emotional pain. But what if you're afraid to heal? What if that's the fear that is holding you back? What if you have a deep belief that if you let go of this fear and you move forward and you're not defined by this divorce anymore, you're not defined by the, the tragedy or the horror or the trauma or the, the whatever happened, the injustice that happened, then who are you, right? Now, no one wants to face this one. Nobody wants to admit that they're afraid to heal, not even to themselves. This isn't like, this is not a shame thing, but it's just so hard to move past it, that we justify it. And again, we create scenarios that allow us to remain unhealed because that actually living in that pain, we've kind of been doing that for a long time anyway, feels better and more comfortable than leaving it behind and doing what we need to do to feel healed, to feel free of the events that cause the pain. 
Um, and in fact, this is underneath this umbrella that we get comfortable being a victim to our circumstances. It's under this umbrella that we become comfortable identifying as, I'm oh, I got divorced. And so therefore my life sucks, basically. Therefore all these things happen that are not good. Instead of, this is who I am and this is my life and this is what I'm working towards and this is what I want for myself. Oh yeah, I did get divorced as well, but that's over there. It's not who I am, right? So you need to... You need to understand the difference between those two statements. So what happens if we don't work to overcome our fear? What happens? I mean, I think I've touched on it a bit, but fear can turn to anger um, because we can't get rid of it. And it's a huge emotion and we get frustrated with ourselves for not moving forward. Maybe others get frustrated with us for not moving forward. And now you get upset with them because they don't seem to understand. So fear can really lead to anger, anger, frustration, and when we get angry, we feel more powerful. We feel more um, in charge in a way um, and less vulnerable. When we're in a place of fear, we feel vulnerable. We feel like bad things could happen and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. When we're angry, we're often a little bit more in action mode and a little bit more like, you know, standing up for ourselves and, and talking and we feel more in control in some ways, though the anger has us out of control, but we feel more powerful. Um, but anger can cause poor judgment, poor decisions, poor choices, and can also bring a lot of added volatility to an already volatile situation. So let's move on to how we can overcome fear. I mean, that's what we wanna do, right? And it's really important to keep your eye on the prize here, like freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from pain, freedom from the trauma of the relationship, freedom from these negative emotions. That's what we want. So remember that. Remember that as you go through some of these steps, because some of them are going to feel really hard. To overcome fear, we have to get used to doing things that scare us. In other words, we have to practice being courageous, we also have to let go of control. We're not always going to know every step ahead of us. We're not gonna know everything that might or might not happen. The what ifs, the, the worst case scenario game that we like to play in our head, you have to let go of that. And you have to let go of knowing that it's not gonna happen. You just have to say, I, have, I believe that things are going to work out. Right now, I am okay. And I believe that everything's going to work out. So I am going to let go of control. I'm going to let go of having to know what's going to happen. And I am going to do the things that feel uncomfortable so that I can get to the other side of this. You know, this is where the five questions that I, I mentioned to you earlier can come in. And that is, Asking yourself, for example, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen if I do this? So write it down, like literally put it in your journal. What is the worst thing that could possibly happen if I do whatever, make this decision, move forward with the divorce, whatever it is. And then the next question is, and if that happens, what will I do? Come up with a solution. If that doesn't work, what will I do? Do that until you've written down four solutions. 
And when you look at that, you'll start to realize as you're writing it, you'll start to realize this isn't going to happen. This worst case scenario isn't going to happen. And if it does, I know what to do. I can take care of the situation. I have solutions. I am not without resources. Once you understand what your fears are, once you know them, you know the beliefs that support them, you might even understand where they come from. Maybe you don't. It isn't that important that you have all that on hand. It's just knowing what they are, knowing how they show up. Once you know that, you can really start kind of training your mind to overcome fear. So some of the ways to do that, of course, you know, breathing techniques, you know, through a panic attack or anxiety, facing your fears, like seeing it, it's like, oh, here we go. I'm so afraid of this. But maybe it's calling a lawyer that's really scary for you or sitting down and doing the finances or looking at that parenting plan because it, you know, it makes you feel fearful of the time you're not going to have with your children, whatever it may be. Face it, like sit down and go, okay, this is what I'm afraid of. This, I feel the fear in my body. I'm going to breathe through it. I'm going to face it. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to sort it out in a way and I will be okay. Just keep telling yourself, I will be okay. I will find a path. I will find a solution and I will be okay. So like I said, identify it, face it, you know, look at it look at it. Okay. Um, and then look at the evidence. Is the worst case scenario going to happen? You've already done the exercise. You know, the chances of that happening are so slim. You know, once we, the more we learn and educate ourselves around our fears about the things that are related to the things we're afraid of, um, the more we understand how our worst case scenario that's playing in our mind is actually not really a realistic scenario. So face your fears. Don't try to be perfect. Don't worry about if you're making a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. It happens. You might even, um, another strategy might be to go grab your journal and write down what it feels like to not be afraid. You know, it's like, I feel confident. I love feeling strong and confident in my decisions. I love moving forward with my plans and not worrying about feeling uncomfortable. I like not being fearful, like, you know, stuff like that. Also visualize what it will be like to get to the other end, what it'll feel like, what it'll look like, you know, everything you can about that scenario that you're working towards. So you're not focused on this thing that's happening right in front of you, but you're, you're dreaming. Allow yourself to dream. Talk about your fears. Tell someone, share it with a friend, share it with your therapist or your coach. Talk to someone and learn how to talk through the fear. Learn how to see it, identify it, address it and talk through it and get past it. Okay, there's strategies to do that. I can't go through all of it here. Um, I think I've covered a lot of them already. And, uh, you know, if you feel that you need some extra help with this, then get some extra help with this. Um, the last one I want to mention to you is learning some relaxation techniques. And you, know, you hear me talk about it all the time. Whether we're talking about fear or overwhelm or pain or betrayal, we have to learn to return to ourselves and give ourselves the peace and the love and the kindness and the patience that we need. And we do that through, you know, 
yoga, meditation, uh, massage, you can try Tai Chi, other mindfulness techniques, like says journaling, spending time in nature, spending time doing things you love, taking care of yourself, and remind yourself that fear holds lessons. Start writing, for example, in your journal, you could write something like, thank you, fear, for stopping by. As you leave me now, I want to thank you for teaching me the following. And then whatever that is. So find the lessons, be grateful for the lessons, and release the fear. So there we are at the end of this episode. And thank you again for being here with me. And honestly, I am so, so proud of you for doing this work. Listening to the end is doing the work. Writing notes is doing the work. Choosing to do any, all of, or some of these steps is doing the work. Everything will move you forward. Everything will help to push you through your fear. Fear is an emotion. It is not based in fact. It is not based in some proven future that's going to happen because you do something uncomfortable. Choosing to leave a marriage, putting together a parenting plan, starting a new career, scary. It feels fearful. It feels like something terrible could happen, but it won't. You will start that new job, you'll get your divorce, the parenting plan will take effect, and you will be okay. And so will everybody else. Just might take a little time, a little grace, a little bit of patience, a lot of love, but you will get there. So some of the tools that can really help you with this as I leave you today that I would like you to consider. First of all, of course, the joy journal where you can that you can use to do a lot of the journaling that I talked about today. And also consider coaching. You know, if you're not already seeing a therapist, and even if you are, a lot of my clients coach with me alongside their therapist. We do different work. We focus on different things. And I'm more than happy to get on a call with you to to talk about the differences and how we would possibly work together. And then we can see if we're a fit. That's really important that you feel comfortable, right? So that's also an option for you. And again, these things, these links are in the show notes. And before I leave you all together, when you are listening to this, I am possibly, well, probably actually in Costa Rica getting ready for our Rising Moon Sisters retreat that's happening in Costa Rica, March 2nd to 9th. It's probably too late for you to join us at this point when you listen to this. Maybe it's already happened. But I want to invite you to another really special experience that can actually really help you with everything I talked about here. One of the things that I discovered last year when women came on this retreat was for many of them, whether they were still married or divorced, it was their first time traveling alone, either in decades or ever. They usually travel with friends or family or their partners, or and they just hadn't done it alone. And it made me realize how valuable and how crucial it is for them to have this retreat that they can choose to be that way to step out into the world and do something that feels really scary. And there was a lot of fear around it, but finding out that they will be taken care of because that's what we do. When I prepare a retreat, we take care of everything. Yes, you have to book your flight, but I can help you with that. And yes, you have to actually book the retreat, but everything else gets looked after. Kathy, my travel agent, Lisa, myself, you know, people running the retreat, 
it gets taken care of. We kind of put things in front of you, you say yes or no, and we go ahead. Things like shuttling from the airport to the resort, taken care of. Like all the little details that feel scary when you're booking a trip by yourself. You know, are you going to room with someone? How do you go about that? How do you do this? How do you do that? All those questions are answered and taken care of. So I want you to to open your mind to having an experience that you probably want. Like, how does going to Italy with a bunch of women sound? Girls trip, like come on, the ultimate girls trip. We're talking wine tasting in ancient castles, walking in ancient villages in Italy and cobblestone and buying beautiful pottery and olive oil and I mean does it get any better than that right eating authentic Italian food prepared by our Italian chef with food that has been grown right on the 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 air like the the grounds of the place where we're staying like it's fantastic you'll see all the details again below but I want to invite you to open your mind to having an incredible experience to face your fear of traveling alone and travel with us and also by doing that embrace mindfulness practices like meditation reiki journaling um, yoga spending time in nature and and opening your mind to the power and love of sisterhood so i could go on and on and on and i've already done that for a while so i'm going to stop here but I'm just going to leave you with this. You are invited and I hope you will join us in Italy at our very first Italian Rising Moon Sisters Retreat in June 2024, June 22nd to 29th. Details are below and I really hope to see you there and I'm here for any questions. Anyway, thank you for being here with me today. Hey ladies, we've done some seriously important work today. I am so happy to be able to share this with you. Wishing you the most beautiful day. I love you big time. Talk to you soon.